0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening, or wherever you're listening from, welcome along to A Blank Canvas. I'm Cameron Rawson, and this is episode 32 with Zainab. How are you doing? I hope you're feeling good. Zainab was so fun to talk to. She's a brilliant woman, incredibly talented, and we had such a great chat. We speak about her singing lessons at a young age, her writing process, musical theatre, her upcoming music, TikTok, social media, and much more. It really was a great chat. Thank you so much for your time uh, for this episode, Zane. I really appreciate it. Feel free to follow our social media. We are A Blank Canvas Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and a Pod.com for our website. You can also email us, hello, at a Pod.com for anything. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would be amazing if you could give us a five-star review. And follow us on Spotify. Just literally go up and click that follow button. Really appreciate it. I'll be very grateful for it if you can. This is episode 32 with Zainab. Welcome Welcome. to a Blank Canvas with Cameron Rawson. Cameron Rawson. Uh, You're the first person I've spoken to since the announcement to ease lockdown. Uh, As a musician, how excited are you? And before you answer that, I had a snoop through your Instagram and saw Uh that last year you did a little show. Uh, for people on your street, which is so wholesome, socially distance, of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. a year on. And you could be doing uh, a show on a stage to, in front of people. H- how weird is that?
1: So first of all, that would just be amazing. However, however, I am in Ireland as we speak and we have heard about uh the restrictions easing where you are and we of are course. we are very jealous and i don't know i don't know if i'll be even allowed to get over to you guys to do a performance so i'm hoping from the good news that you guys have gotten i will be allowed to travel and do a live performance over there because i'll be amazing hopefully
0: you won't be too far off too far behind yeah i can't imagine it'll be like well i mean i'm saying this anything can happen and obviously anything can happen in england too um damn i didn't think about that you know that's so so bizarre um i mean obviously i goes without saying that i i I really want to see you live one day you know (laughs) um and i think it's it's interesting because we're i believe we both went to the same university Mm -hmm. um, yeah but I mean, my my memory of university is real foggy. To be honest, yeah. like it's. I mean, I had Josh on my uh, Josh got out on my podcast a few months ago. Yeah, and I was really struggling to remember a lot of like anecdotes. I was like, mm. Oh shit, did that happen? Oh god, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a sign of age or whatever. Um. Anyway, uh, so I want to talk about your music to start with. Um, forever is a real gem of a tune. Everything about it: your voice, the lyrics, the production, the artwork it's such a vibe and then you've got another bop in the form of you don't know uh when i was listening to it earlier probably for the 20th time my shoulders were like kind of like trying to move and and i'm i'm excited about the future anyway with the Aww. announcement yesterday so yeah. it was just nice i'm i'm sort of on a massive high right now so it was really good to hear your music um <laughs> oh
1: but well, yeah you've got, you
0: so much, you've, got you've got such a diverse voice how how yeah tell me everything about how you how you found your voice and like you know, how you, how you uh, discovered you had such a great voice.
1: Well, I have been singing since I was tiny. I know lots of people say that, but I know um, my mom says that when I was like two years old, my mom was like, what is she singing in her pram? And it was, I was belting out Zombie from like by the Cranberries. She was like, where did you get this song? Um, So I've been (laughs) singing since like, yeah. all the time like 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 um members of family would be like seriously when does she stop and uh still haven't stopped still very like constantly constantly making noise if it's not talking i'm singing um so from a young age my mom had me doing uh singing lessons and i was actually like so shy i was so shy singing then and even when I was in secondary school I was so like I'd sing um I'd sing in my music class like my teacher Dr. Bradshaw who actually who actually taught like you 2 music so he helped whoa. yeah that's <laughs> whoa yeah yeah they <laughs> went to my school they went to my school and he oh, wow. was their music teacher yeah so he used to have so many cool anecdotes about them and he Got flown around to different places to do interviews about them and stuff like that. So uh, I'd like to say he did kno- you say
0: doctor as well? A second yeah, ago. Dr. Bradshaw. I'd, I've only just picked up on that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So
1: a professor of music, like I love Dr. Bradshaw, absolutely adore even to this day. Like he helped pull me out of my shell. Like he used to make me get up and sing classical songs in front of my class uh, and they'd all be like uh what (laughs) and I'd have to just get up and sing and just not care about what they thought and it was hard it was so hard um but like it was only actually it was only actually like towards the end of my school life that people actually heard me properly sing so at my school graduation I sang At Last by Etta James and it was only after that point that people were like, oh, shit. OK, like you can sing. I so understand why you're going to do music in in college over in London. But before they were like, why are you doing that? So. Uh, so, yeah. So then I ended up going to musical theatre in London, which is where we went. We went to uni. Now, I know you didn't do musical theatre, um, but we were the annoying ones that were leaping through the halls, constantly <laughs> singing on the bus back to student halls. <laughs> like we were we were those people. And from there, I learned how to really, really hone my craft. Um, And it made me be able to, you know, project, have like really good vocal health, really understand how my voice worked and how to bring the best out of it. It was like, it was when I was younger, it was always if you can sing really high, then you're talented. Or if you can sing really loud, then you're talented. Whereas from studying there, it's like you just need to find. What works best for you so from doing all of that it made me kind of realize how uh, how passionate i am about being an r&b singer songwriter i knew musicals wasn't going to be my career i you know getting knocked back from doing sorry just that...
0: just to just to pick up on the musical theater yeah. thing so did you uh, i'm assuming you had intentions of performing um i don't know in the west end or broadway when you applied for music college or did you always know that that wasn't your intention to do something like that
1: um well to be honest i weirdly thought like i always wanted to be a singer like since i was four years old if people like what you want to be when you grow up i always said i want to be a singer um and for some reason like i felt that doing musical theater was the easiest way to break it to my family that this was the career path I wanted to go down. <laughs> so for some reason, rather than saying I want to be a singer-songwriter, for some reason saying I want to be in musicals was a steadier career path. Right, now, okay, yeah. makes sense. So that was my kind of way in. So when I decided that it wasn't for me, I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. My mom sacrificed so much to send me Um, send me to London and send me to university so I was kind of hoping that you know she wouldn't be incredibly angry but she was so understanding and she she knew she always knew that this is she always knew that this is what I wanted to do so um so yeah so then I got yeah stuck into writing and really serious about it too.
0: Was there a massive culture shock or culture difference when you moved to uh, London and and was it sort of quite overwhelming or did you kind of uh expect how how it was going to play out essentially
1: um i it wasn't a huge i don't think it was a huge culture shock i think i was just so excited to be weirdly like weirdly in a city where you don't know everybody because dublin is tiny so 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 small so if you went out on like a particular night you would meet oh like literally like the the circle is so small. So I kind of liked <laughs> that idea of going out in London. Like, who did I know? Could do whatever I wanted. Like, there was, there was just such a huge element of freedom moving to London.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it was a massive, uh, stark contrast from, yes. you know. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so I want, I want to talk about uh, your, write, how you write music, your mm-hmm. approach to it. So I've interviewed a bunch of musicians uh over the past six months or so and i like to find out whether um musicians and songwriters approach it in a way of sort of absorbing society taking things Mm. in they look at certain cultures and stuff like that or do you lock yourself away and kind of uh, force yourself to write and that's when you write best
1: um well i to be honest it's a bit of a mixture of the two so uh during lockdown, sure, because it's been going on over here in Ireland for over a year, and I'm sure it's similar where you guys are. Um, but uh, I kind of had to force myself to write because I write a lot from experience and inspiration from different experiences, but I wasn't having any of that like it could hardly be inspired by a zoom quiz (laughs) or whatever absolutely (laughs) um so this one one of the first songs i wrote actually at the start of lockdown was um a song called summertime that's going to be coming out later this year And I wrote that uh, with a really talented producer called George Mandisa, who actually went to our uni. Small, small world. Um, And that was about like, that had to be a real summery, fun vibe. And obviously at the start of lockdown, there was, everyone was really, really down and out, like really feeling it. So I had to kind of look to a different kind of time. And to be honest, my inspiration ended up having to be found through watching different things on Netflix and trying to get that kind of summery happy vibe because I was stuck in my house and couldn't go past 2k so you know it's kind of a mixture of kind of going okay wait for inspiration to strike but then at the end of the day like this is my job so I have to turn up even if I don't really want to and try and see what comes out of it even if I only end up writing you know a few lyrics that I might never use, but when I come back to it the next day, it could spark something else within me.
0: Do you think in a weird way that lockdown has helped musicians? And I I say this in a way of, uh, in terms of their approach to writing, it's given Mm. people who are potentially always touring or performing, given them time to sort of dedicate to to writing music. I mean, I know a few few musicians, um, a, a guy called Alfie Templeman, I know he's, Written two albums uh, Throughout lockdown Which is incredible And there's obviously A lot of um, Producers who've been Producing beats and stuff Because Mm. I've had all this time Do you think it has had Certain positive aspects Or do you think the whole thing Has just been real shit?
1: Um, Well for some people Like For instance That guy that you just mentioned Two albums Yeah I am very Like I'm like Good for you But also crazy Crazy (laughs) jealous Um, I feel like yeah, some people have found it so helpful. They have gotten so much writing done, so much production done. But I know for myself it's been a struggle. Like it's been uh it's been a struggle. There's been some days where I'm like, I don't even want to listen to music. Like it's been that it's been that hard. I feel um, you. I
0: feel you on it. I absolutely feel you on that.
1: Yeah. And then when it, when, then when people are like, oh, put that emotion into writing. I'm like, go away. Like, <laughs> no, I just want to sit here and watch reruns of Queer Eye that I've seen a thousand times. This is how I'm living today. I'm going to have Rice Krispies for breakfast, lunch and dinner. This is me. <laughs> um, but then there has been aspects where I have managed to get in touch with different people that might have been unobtainable because they're so busy like that with touring and everything. So it definitely opened opened um a lot of opportunities for me to work with with different people. So even um Forever actually that you mentioned earlier, I got that mix and mastered by um a very talented guy called Jared Hearman. And he has worked with Sinead Harnett and Craig David and loads of people. Whoa. Yeah, KDB, like loads of people. So and I'm, now
0: you too. And, and in the band, but in you <laughs> too. <laughs> Damn, Thanks, I fam. didn't think that Thanks, through. Fam.
1: Yeah, I know. That was a good, that was a good one. Accidental too. Um, but I found him on Instagram and just reached out and he was so helpful and, you know, did a fantastic job on Forever. But I don't think I would have, I don't think that might've happened if, you know, life had life had been as it as it was before lockdown. I think it would have been harder to find different people. And and even you said earlier about me doing the um the performance on my road for my neighbors. Uh like that actually that was just kind of, you know, A thought of this might be nice to boost morale, but then it ended up getting picked up by a good bit of uh, Irish press. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I have to say, like, it it was like after that point, then I was trying to be really savvy with trying to figure out different, like different ways to maneuver uh, with these new restrictions. And, um, and yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things have worked out. A lot of things have worked out very well for me. Now, obviously, like I said, quite the struggle but there has been a good few gems that have popped up for me uh over the last year
0: it's probably not the best time to ask this question given you've not been able to perform <laughs> but uh sort of think of the past do mm-hmm. you prefer writing music or performing music
1: i really love performing like love performing i love I enjoy. See, this is the thing. I love writing, but I love writing when I'm in the same room with someone, and it can just be ideas bouncing back. It's not send this email, get on a Zoom call. That sounds
0: rough. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not the same. And actually, I was lucky. Like, I was lucky enough to actually perform last week, uh, and it was for this. um, Basically, it's called the Axis Sessions, and the Axis is. A theater in dublin and they've always been so supportive of me and they were doing this live these live gigs and they asked me would i do a full like a solo show so i did that actually last week performed about nine or ten songs and oh my god i felt first of all so good getting ready i was like i have a purpose to practice <laughs> singing these songs like five times over ten times over so then after After I performed, it was so weird. I got this like I had such adrenaline, which I always get. And I'm on such a buzz and such a high after performing. But then it was this weird kind of like vulnerability hangover that kind of slowly trickled in. I think it's because it's been so long, so long since I've performed. So it was a mixture of, oh, my God, that was amazing. And then Kind of like, oh my God, I haven't done that in a long time. And then it was like, when will I get to do that again? So, yeah, but I have to say, I think to answer your question, I love performing so much. So I mean, much. I guess
0: I could have probably worked that out based on the fact <laughs> you studied musical theatre as well. Yeah. But obviously, you like the yeah. performance aspect. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was worthwhile asking anyway. Uh, so, um, it, again, you might have kind of answered this question, but what's your favorite and least favorite part of being a musician?
1: Oh, favorite and least favorite. Uh, okay, i okay. I think I can answer this actually with the same with the same answer. It's uh being like I know I mentioned a minute ago being vulnerable. It's writing something that is maybe very painful to write about. Really, really exposing yourself, and it's that initial feeling of having to sit. In those emotions and write out lyrics write out a melody and then then the the fun part is really getting to express that I know it's weird it's like kind of I don't like having to sit in some of those emotions but then when I get to perform them it's that real kind of cathartic uh process um so yeah I suppose two things yeah and answering it with the one the one answer this I is suppose. perfect um yeah.
0: and i just to pick up on that i guess uh i mean for me i find the songs that are the the, the better songs um in the world of music are those that you can tell are authentic and personable mm-hmm. and you know as cliche as it sounds it is it's coming from the heart you know yeah. it's you yeah. know the, when you when you hear a song that an artist has written and it is truthful to who they are Mm. um, and it's not just sort of regurgitated and just sold to make, you know, a load of money as soon as possible. It is really nice when people are um, authentic and you can obviously see that.
1: Yeah, they're the most fun songs to sing. Like I have been approached, uh, like even in lockdown, I've been approached to record a few songs with different people and i've had to listen to my gut and go you know what i don't that I, that's not for me you know i'm like i can't connect to it it's not my truth and you know i want i know myself if i'm singing a song and i'm not really i'm not entertaining myself i'm like getting slightly bored i'm like mm no this is this is not for me so yeah i want to sing stuff that i really can i really can connect with and i suppose actually studying musical theater helped me like connect the two very well because i think when i was younger i just wanted to show off my vocal range or my vocal talents whereas now i know that you have to kind of live the song whether it's a happy song whether it's a sad song but you have to kind of live and really perform
0: a bit of a rogue question that i wasn't actually planning on uh, asking and (laughs) and it's just kind of come to my head now would you ever uh i guess you probably would consider it but would would it be something you'd like to do? to sort of write and perform a song for a film?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. 100%. Anytime the Oscars are on, like even I saw an ad for the Oscars yesterday, I turned to my boyfriend and was like, are you looking forward to when we go to the Oscars <laughs> for a song I wrote for or performed for motion picture? Yeah, Love yeah. Dreaming that. big. Dreaming big. Like I would 100%. I'm like, you know what? I'm waiting for um, I'm waiting for the call to, you know, write and perform the uh the like one of the bond films you know i'm ready for that i'm ready for that theme song I, I will do it i will do it
0: yeah i mean i i kind of guessed that would be the answer but i thought you know it would be interesting to see your take on it and um yeah i like the fact that you you sort of um i mean do you watch the oscars every year do you kind of is it something yeah. you do
1: yeah i do i watch i i've always i think i've always watched the oscars and I've always watched um, like all the award shows. And
0: yeah, BAFTA, Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker oh, for it too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just can't not. Like, and um, I know that like since like the youngest age, I remember even when I was living in London and I'd be watching the Brit Awards and it was always oh, yeah. the thing of I could see myself there. It was never, it was there was never a doubt in my mind. Obviously, I know that has not yet happened, but still there was no doubt in my mind that when I'm watching these things, I'm like, I can picture myself being there. And I think that's one thing that I just always have, like, such kind of, um, like, I have such respect. And I have such, uh, like, just such excitement watching different people on these award shows, you know, getting getting these huge, huge awards that I know that I'm sure that they've you know, dreamt about receiving for a long time. Now, I know some of them are picking up their seventh or their eighth, but you know <laughs> what? Like, it's one of those things where I just watch it and I'm like, I cannot wait to have that feeling. And yeah, I might be 29, but I am still dreaming, still waiting for that moment. Absolutely,
0: yeah. you know, for me, the music industry has no has no uh, time, time limit, age limit. I mean, I guess mm. anything in the entertainment industry, the amount of stories you hear where, you know, it, Actors have sort of broken through at fifty-five. Yeah. And, you know, there's musicians who break through. It is, it's, it's, there's, I don't think there is a um a time limit. And I and I honestly wish you the best of luck with it because you are fucking amazing at what you do. <laughs> well, um, thank you, you so you, much. You, you, you've got you've got a great voice. um And you know, I, I I I feel quite guilty actually, just to sort of circle back to the start of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, because I've obviously known of you. And I knew you're a musician, but I never checked out your music. And it's quite sad, really, because, you know, people should support each other. Um, and I wish I had checked it out sooner because your music is so good. Like it's, it, And I'm not just saying this for the sake of this podcast. It is really good. And I'm glad Josh kind of said to me, right, um, you know, you should potentially speak to uh, Zaynab. Zaynab
1: you know, you're pronouncing it right. Yeah, Zaynab. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah. Zaynab, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Uh, and I was, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad it's worked out. Uh, and we, we, we're talking now because your music is uh, is brilliant. Um, I want to ask, is there any musicians out there, potentially people, and I'm asking this because you've mentioned it because of the um, award ceremonies. Is there any uh-huh. musicians out there that you'd love to work with?
1: Oh, like big time. Like I would absolutely love to work with her, who I saw perform, what was it? She performed at the start of um, the Super Bowl the other week. And she's just... Unbelievably talented. Like I would like I would happily take a support slot for a tour of hers. I would and I just love to work with her. She's so talented. I'd love to work with the likes of Lizzo. She's well up oh. there. Um on my bucket list, like since I was very young, I have always wanted to work with Pharrell. Always wanted to work with Pharrell. Um, have
0: you um, sorry to interrupt? Have you seen the uh video on YouTube of when him and Justin Timberlake were produce uh producing um is it justified? His first Justin oh, Timberlake's yeah. first album. No,
1: I haven't seen the, this. Oh my god!
0: Well, I'll, I'll link you it at the end of this. It's only a twenty minutes long, but it's yeah. Pharrell and Justin Timberlake in the studio when Justin Timberlake, I think he was twenty, um, and you can see their ideas bouncing off each other, and they yeah. start making. Um, uh, oh, is it not sexy back? I think it, it might be sexy back actually, and it's just amazing to see them two sort of vibing off each other. I love, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Oh, I right. would because every time I love that album, literally my car does not have an auxiliary cable situation. So I literally have Justified in my car as we speak, when I'm like... No, it's the
0: really- best album to oh, have in there, to be honest. It's
1: so good. Like, literally, it's like, what, oh, like Senorita starting off oh, the album. What so a tune. good. So yeah, Pharrell is well up there. And even the likes of Macklemore. I'd love to be, you know, the, the singer that pops in to sing the chorus on a Macklemore song because I love his lyrics. I love what he writes about and he just seems so fun, like so, so fun. So yeah, there are a few people, a few, the list is long though. The list is long, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll with those few today.
0: It's a, it's a good few. It's a nice little list to have there. And I do <laughs> like Macklemore. I remember listening to uh, Can't Hold Us years ago oh, when I was yeah. obsessed with him and Ryan Lewis, um, Oh, what's the name of the guy who's uh who does the um i can't remember his name now um
1: i can't think of his name either uh
0: can't hold us macklemore um oh god he's got such a great voice it's so sad that. that um, oh ray dalton oh
1: yes yeah yeah yeah.
0: um he has has some pipes on him that's for sure Um, what do you think of uh social media for music today um places like TikTok where uh, musicians can be in quotation marks overnight successors. Mm. do you think it's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of toxic approach to the music indus- industry do, is it is it welcomed it's kind of it is what it is and you can't do anything about it
1: um kind of well i think social media is a huge i feel it's a huge help now obviously i know there's reasons why it's very negative and there's reasons for it being positive but for just getting such a big reach and uh, for like all hitting all ages and all countries, you know, it's it's so good. However, when you come to the likes of TikTok and there's some songs that like that they really get stuck in, they get really stuck in your head. And I understand that, you know, TikTok is such a good platform. It is such a good platform. And I think actually my music I think Forever actually is on TikTok. Um a girl actually messaged me about it. She was like, "Do you know your songs on TikTok?" Um but no I am <laughs> so bad with TikTok though. Like I'm re- like if you saw my what's it called FYP, it's literally it's just cats. It's cats and it's dogs and it's a few and it's a lot of choreography. So it's cats, dogs, choreography. That's basically it. So I feel like You know, it is such a good platform for, you, like you said, in quotation marks, overnight successes. But I I feel that it's one that I am probably neglecting and I need to, I need to work on it. But I do feel like social media is so, so fantastic for musicians. And actually, that is how I came to get the producer for Forever. I I, um, met a girl at a BBC introducing seminar and... Had a creep on her Instagram, saw a few <laughs> songs that she did and then saw the producer of it and literally just sent him a DM. And that's even how I got Jared Hirman, who's the mix and master of forever, slid into his, his DMs. So uh, it's very, I have to say, it's it's the uh, the networking way these days, seeing as we can't go to seminars, we can't go to events. I feel like it's a very good way to network even if you kind of seem like a bit of a creep but you kind of have to you know bite the bullet and send that dm
0: <laughs> you know i i my sort of take on it is um it's probably different to yours because i'm a dj usually when things are normal and yeah. i was speaking in my dj group chat last night and someone raised a good point and that was um they think TikTok is going to um change the the way for DJs because you've got DJs and producers. I'm not a producer myself, but yeah. most of my friends are. And they were just saying that it's really difficult now because you can make a great B, make a great track, you can do a great DJ set, but mm. then there could be someone who comes along onto TikTok and makes a 10-second long video where you're only hearing 10 seconds of a tune. Yeah, That that video gets a million views and then that DJ is now famous off of the back of a 10-second video. Yeah, So... So whilst I I love the fact that you've got things like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook where you can, I guess more Instagram and Twitter where you can sort of uh, uh, DM people and tweet people, et cetera, to try and get their attention or Mm -hmm. to try and use one of their services, et cetera, um, I do think there is a, uh, in quotation mark, a dark side um, in the sense of um, that it can be, I don't know, it can can boost, people's careers which is great yeah but it's like you can see one person who's been working hard for 10 years on so much music and then someone kind of comes along and gets uh overnight recognition and fame and success from such a short clip
1: yeah and as well i like it's you know then you're you're mi- you get to oh, let me try that again you end up missing out on someone that you know is like I'm not saying that all of them are like this, but you know the way, like you said, there could be that DJ, that producer who is so dedicated, wants decades of in this career. But then you might have someone that did like a nice, a good 10 second beat and then they get get that instant gratification and then that's it. You know what I mean? So you end up kind of missing out on someone that's worked so hard on that craft, but someone that did 10 seconds and now it's like all the horns are like, yeah, and then that's kind of, you mightn't hear of that person again. I do, I do not, I fully agree with what you're saying. Like even with, even with Forever being on TikTok, I was like, okay, how can I utilize this? And then I was like, I can't pick 15 or what's it? 10, 15 seconds of the song that is going to, you know, grab people. I was like, I want them to hear the whole song. Now, whether that's me just being, you know, too um too precious with my baby (laughs) but uh yeah it's that kind of thing where like there's some songs where there was actually sorry like i also teach i also teach um singing and there's some kids that come to me and they're like oh i really want to learn this song and i'm like where did you hear that and they're like tiktok i'm like oh this song is painful (laughs) like i like this is a painful song yeah and it's like you know there's just some some songs that they come across and I know I feel like am I being a negative Nancy here but there's just some songs that I get that get stuck in my head from TikTok and I'm like why like why are you the real famous one do you know what I mean like you're getting used so much you're get you're monetizing a huge amount and you know do you think
0: do you think that the music used on TikTok as much as most of it is obviously pop or along that field do you think it's becoming um, a sub-genre in itself where it's kind of Vi- you know music with a high level of virality or Ooh, I don't know yeah. me- memeable music I don't know what the, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> no. what the words or phrases are here
1: <laughs> yeah you know what if I could literally I'm taking that word memeable it's a very yeah it's memeable music I really feel that that there's yeah I feel like it is a sub a sub a sub genre because You know, we obviously with Instagram and stuff that like when you put up a story, you only have X amount of seconds. And, you know, if you're putting up a song, you have X amount of seconds. And I feel like it's kind of easier there for some reason to choose those 15 seconds. But when it comes to TikTok, I feel like, yeah, it has to be, it has to, it almost has to have like a punchline. I feel like it's music that has to have an instant punchline. Uh, If that kind of makes sense. I don't even know. No, absolutely.
0: It's kind of, it's obviously like it is, I guess, um got to grab the attention of the viewers in such a... I mean literally in a split second so it's got yeah. to be kind of straight in with uh I did some sort of like hand motion there for the straight in <laughs> bit but um it's got to yeah it's got to essentially go straight into uh, and bring value to the to the viewers instantly
1: yeah i think i think one thing is as well like and uh, you know what if i ever bump, if i'm ever rubbing shoulders with this guy when i'm on like when we're both you know at the MTV mu- like music awards i'm very <laughs> sorry but jason derulo his song on TikTok Jason I'm so sorry but it just got like it was one of those songs where I, I actually thought that it was just a song for TikTok I didn't realize it was a full song because it's so it grabs you and it's very kind of like um oh what it's very animated and it yeah. worked with obviously all the kind of different things that were going, like, that were visually happening on TikTok with that song. So then when I heard it on the radio, I was like, and he's like, Jason Derulo. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I did not, re- like, I didn't realize. So I was like, sorry, Jason. But he, sure, he doesn't care. He's got made tons, I'm sure, out of all the, uh, all the TikTokers yeah, I bet. using it. Um, yeah.
0: And another thing, just to finish on the whole TikTok thing real quick, is that, um, some of my friends who uh signed to labels and stuff they've they've I won't name who they are because essentially they said that their labels have said can you make something for TikTok please oh, you know it's right. and it's sort of like it's kind of a weird like I don't know I I didn't like the sound of that and yeah. by the sounds of it my friends don't like the sound of
1: that mm, yeah like I you know, I'm always like, I know that as a musician, I need to be quick up on the mark. Like I need to be, you know, come to the party when it starts. Like I need, like with TikTok, I should have known exactly what was going on instantly. But I was a bit kind of slower, a bit more cautious about it, I suppose. And with that, with your friends being told that, I'm like, uh, yeah, I yeah, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't think I... Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, if they write certain music for themselves and, you know, for their audience and then they're now being told to do this stuff for TikTok, I feel like, you know, yeah, that's that that's tough. That is very tough. Um yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm I feel like, you know, I've had quite strong views about TikTok that I didn't even realize were gonna come out. Didn't even realise they were there. <laughs> well I apologize
0: for unlocking this um unlocking this beast. Um we'll we'll move on from TikTok. Uh, there's something I want to ask you about uh-huh. um musical theater um um the world of like sort of I- I'm a massive fan of carpool karaoke, okay, in, oh, in America. Yes. Yeah. Um a lot of people don't like James corden I actually quite like James Corden. Um yeah. I respect what he's done and what he continues to do so there's two questions here one can you tell when a musician um well actually there's a bunch so i'll ask them one at a time so okay. firstly yeah um in terms of musical theater do you think a musician who has studied musical theater will approach music differently to somebody who maybe studied songwriting
1: um maybe Maybe, but then I I also know that there are some people that you know, a musician that studied musical theater sometimes uh, can hold a lot of that musical theater persona, um, and it might translate in a certain way. However, you know, a songwriter. I mean, a wait, what was the other one? <laughs> <laughs> remind me again no, no sorry
0: it was quite hard because it's, I've got so many questions in my head I should have written these down as I was talking um well you know what I'll, I'll tell you what the the bad question here is yeah. um can you tell uh when a musician's potentially studied musical theater um and also is a is a uh a musician or performer for example on Broadway or in the West End are they still classed as a musician or is it two separate ball games
1: oh okay well you know what I actually I don't think I don't think you can tell in my personal in my personal opinion I don't think you can tell a musician who's studied musical theater uh you know because there's a lot of people that are very very talented and they know their voice inside and out and I've never kind of heard someone and then you know seen that they've studied musical theater and gone oh okay yeah I I, should have seen that yeah I literally I don't think you can I don't think you can really I don't think you can really tell to be honest um yeah I don't think you can tell I love how I'm like literally trying to think I'm like who do I know um (laughs) but I really I don't think you can tell but then you know when you see actually then when you see uh you know like there's a celebrity that's like featuring in a musical for like a short period of time and then you go and see them and then you're like oh my god they were so good and like obviously I knew they could sing because they're you know a famous singer they have loads of like yeah. you know hits in the chart in the charts but then you end up looking deep and you're like oh my god they studied musical theater and you're like yeah okay i can see that and i don't know why i don't know why like <laughs> i feel yeah i feel like you can really kind of tell when they're in musicals but i don't think you can tell when they're singing their own their own songs that they've written that makes sense
0: <laughs> no, absolutely that does make sense um and uh in terms of, um, I've forgotten my own sort of follow-up question. Oh, the about.
1: other one uh about would you class them as a musician or as a
0: Yeah, as is is there is there sort of a divide? And I don't mean as in like, oh we hate you. Um, <laughs> as in like is there a is there a difference between, for example, someone who um is in the top forty charts as a pop pop musician mm. versus somebody who is performing um on Broadway?
1: Um, you know what? I Once again, personally, don't feel that there is. However, when in the past, when I have said that I've studied musical theatre, it's had, uh, it's been taken negatively. Um, What? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. So there was a good while where, you know, if I was talking to different people, I kind of like skim over the fact that I did musical theatre because for some reason I was instantly discredited or they I don't know I don't really I thought it would have
0: been vice versa myself
1: weird like no it's actually it's always been it's always been one thing that uh I was always a bit like years ago a bit timid saying whereas now I'm like "Mm, bitch I studied musical theater (laughs) this is why I'm this good and this is who I am now so I'm much more kind of confident in it if confident in it and if I see someone kind of going a bit "Mm, okay then I'm like you're not the person for me and not everyone's gonna like me and that's fine whereas yeah it's always it well not anymore but I think that's also because my approach has changed and I'm literally like "Mm, okay you're not for me bye-bye um whereas before I'd be like like me why don't you like me uh so yeah it's it's a weird one whereas now I don't think it's that I think because people are like so embracing of the arts not saying that they weren't before but i feel that people are like oh my god you're a performer of course like you can do anything whereas before people were like yeah really discrediting it i don't know strange strange i mean yeah yeah, it is
0: it is strange because i would have thought it was vice versa myself um i mean i I think it's i think it's cool you know what i i wish i'd have studied it myself because (laughs) i the amount of times i've been to um a show in the uh I mean, I've been to a ton of West End shows in my time yeah. um, and I've always like looked up and been like, oh, I want to be on that stage myself, you know, like really badly, but... Um, you should have come in.
1: You should have come <laughs> into the studio when you were strolling past, like when you were heading to a lecture. You should have popped in, done a, bit, done a bit of a stage combat with us. With like, a great crack. Oh, what was
0: stage combat? What is that? Yeah. Please tell me.
1: Oh my God. So in uni, we had like three hours of stage combat on a Wednesday and the guy who we had, Jonathan, he had did like the choreography... For like sword fighting in parts what? of the Caribbean. Whoa! Yeah,
0: yeah, Whoa!
1: yeah. So we would rock up at nine o'clock on a Wednesday, and we'd have like a sword and a dagger, and we'd have to do choreography. Damn, with that's that- cool. Yeah, what? yeah. And then we do like stage punch, like stage punches, and like fake hair pulls. It was so much fun. So much fun. However, wasn't great because on a tuesday night was like student night in i'm pretty sure in like piccadilly institute or one of those <laughs> and we'd loads of us would rock up very hungover the next having day to each other. <laughs> yeah, having, to fi- having to fight each other yeah having to fight having to fight each other. like you know with very slow like reactions and uh, yeah there was a few bloody noses on a couple of occasions <laughs> Funny, but so much fun so much fun yeah
0: um what has being a musician taught you whether good or bad
1: what has it taught me? And I guess um, given
0: that you also teach yourself, um, yeah. has that kind of translated into the way you teach or anything you have teach, something you have picked up in your time?
1: Um, So, like, to be honest, I think the main, the main thing it's taught me is confidence. Hugely, hugely, hugely important. And I feel like going back to when I was back in school with Dr. Bradshaw, like ha- having to put myself out there take that risk of you know getting you know different things said about you it's a huge huge risk but it's such a confidence boosting moment even if like even if you're not getting that validation from other people you're so proud of yourself for for putting yourself out there and i know from from teaching that i might get someone who has like kind of a quiet voice doesn't really know if they like how good they are they're kind of like mm, can't really hold a tune and the more their confidence grows over like a certain number of lessons, oh my God, their voice changes so much. Even just the way they come into the room at the start of the lesson has changed. It's it's so bizarre and it's, it's so amazing, so amazing to see. And I definitely feel that I don't think I would be... Um, as like outgoing and as probably loud to uh some people kind of (laughs) be like yeah no um but I don't think I would be as yeah like as social as loud and as outgoing if I hadn't had all that confidence being you know boosted within myself from that young young age of of singing so yeah I think it'd be yeah I think it's confidence when
0: when I've seen like uh, talent shows and you've seen like um their sort of uh uh what, what's it called? I'm not not captain, but like sort of um uh, mentor who's been yeah. saying to them, right, I can I can hear that you you don't have confidence in your voice. What is it that they that you can kind of tell when somebody doesn't have confidence in their voice? I mean, for someone like myself, I don't think I'd be able to recognize
1: it. Mm. Like, I think it's it it's this kind of like even I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, it's that you're not give it's you're not going for it. So you can hear when people are kind of holding back. So there's a lot of times where even with like the easiest of notes, I can hear that they're not fully committed. Right. And then especially if you come to like a big note, a big money note, I can actually hear when someone has held themselves back. Like it might be, it might like the note might sound fine it might be they might be like yeah I'm happy with that and I can hear that they're they're not going for it and you need to give it you need to give it so much energy I think a lot of people um kind of think that you know you don't you can't sing if you know you just start singing and you're like oh I can't hold a note but there's so much energy and effort that has to go Behind it, and someone actually said to me the other day, a student of mine said that like it felt like they were putting on a voice, and I was like, no, that's just that's just you having to <laughs> put in a little bit more energy. But yeah, you can hear it. and There's a lot of times, even when I'd be watching these like talent shows, and and you can hear when someone it has a very nice voice, but it might be that they don't have the confidence or they don't know exactly how to use it. And um, I know from teaching, it's actually helped me so much in uh you know having to practice what I preach and it's a, such a good reminder of like all these different things that I constantly have to be thinking of when it comes to like either vocal health or different techniques and stuff and um but yeah you can you can hear when someone has a very a very good voice but I feel over the years from having to teach and recognize that in a lot of different voices male female um like completely different tones that yeah, it takes a while to learn that. So I completely get why you're like, I cannot hear <laughs> what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, yeah, I say it, yeah,
0: yeah. Fair, fair, <laughs> so no, 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 there, no, no, no it, was, it was perfect. Thank you. Great answer. Um, I'm gonna finish on the question I asked okay. all my guests. Um, which is, if I gave you a blank canvas, what would you paint on it and why?
1: Oh, what would I paint on it and why? oh why is that so hard to think of
0: (laughs) everyone says that and i love it (laughs) i love it
1: you know what i'm such a perfectionist that i literally would probably end up just doing such a like i'd actually sorry this is what i would do i got like a random i actually got a random gigantic piece of paper uh like during lockdown and I got like loads of these like colours. I'm mad for a bit of stationery, Cameron. Love a bit of stationery. <laughs> and, uh, and I literally just scribbled. I just got loads of different colours and it was like some were light some were really really hardly like hardly some were really hard like really really i love how i'm doing the action this is a podcast um (laughs) (laughs) that i was like really rough with some of them so if you gave me a blank canvas i would only ask that i had a lot of different colors and i lit it would just be like something that you'd see in a modern a modern gallery and i don't know what the name the title would be of it but it would just be a smear of colors
0: sounds amazing i can envision it it in my head Um, (laughs) Zainab, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Blank Canvas. You can follow us on Instagram at a blank Pod, or you can like us on Facebook forward slash a blank canvas pod. If you want to contact us for any reason, it's hello at a blank or visit our website, a blankcanvaspod.com.